Hello, and welcome to On a Mission Podcast, where we aim to inspire and educate through sharing stories and experiences in the real estate industry. It's hosted by Dina Frank, a licensed realtor in the state of Minnesota at Remax Results, a Good Life Group, and Kelly Tanky, loan originator, NMLS 1599804 at Summit Mortgage Corporation, NMLS 1041. We started this podcast so we could share real stories from real people on their experiences in the real estate industry and break down barriers. We hope that by sharing these stories and experiences, it helps you feel more confident and comfortable when it comes to buying or selling. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, enjoy. And now let's get to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of On a Mission Podcast. I'm Dina. And I'm Kelly. Welcome back. Hello, hello. I feel like I haven't seen you for a while, Dina. I know. It was, well, I mean, it's probably been like a week and a half because of the holiday weekend. It is the weekend after the 4th of July. Yes, and a wonderful weekend it was. I think that... um, the timing of that was just perfect. I, I feel like a few people that I've talked to thus far have um, have all been in mutual agreement that it was um, it was a much needed weekend and it definitely helped hit the the restart and recharge button. Exactly. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. So did you did you work much over the weekend? No, I was at the lake. So and surprisingly, I just didn't have. I mean, I have quite a few buyers, but they just didn't have any any needs to go see anything, so it wasn't too bad. How about you? Um, I did actually because I traveled up there on traveled up to Manaqua, Wisconsin, on Thursday afternoon, and I did have some work. Um, I had phone calls that were coming through on my way up there, <laughs> um, and offers that were being submitted in. So it's. At that point, I already have people pre-approved. It's just a matter of getting the pre-approval, um, property-specific yeah. pre-approval letter over to the real estate agent and running numbers at uh, whatever the offer is going to be for my client as well so that they feel comfortable with their monthly payment. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, Otherwise, a very awesome. good weekend. Yes. Agreed. Well, today we are going to continue our conversation from the last episode of talking about, you know, how we got into our careers and maybe the options of if, if our listeners out there would like to get into the real estate industry in some capacity, whether that's as an agent, which is last week's episode, or this week we're talking about how to become a loan officer. So Kelly is yeah. going to go through those options. Yes, lovely, lovely, and excited to share this information with you guys. Um, I think it's important for our listeners to know that we're not um, we're not just we're falling into our careers, right? But there is um, training and licensing and licensures that have to be in place in order to do this. So um, I think it's really great for our listeners to to have the understanding and the confidence in us that it's, it's not just, you know, some whole bunk off. Exactly. <laughs> that's, yes. That's putting their mortgage or um, helping them find a home. So 
Yeah, I, I think really this is probably going to be a pretty short episode, um, but I know that Dina, as, as always, has questions, so I'm here to help sure answer I those will. questions. <laughs> so what I want to start off by sharing is that there's really two different routes um, that somebody who wants to become a, a mortgage lender can go. So I want to try to keep it as, as simple as possible. So I want to share a story. When I first started in, in mortgage, I started off my career with a bank, Wells Fargo. As many of you guys know um, from the stories that we've shared, that was kind of my, my first step into this real estate world. And so Wells Fargo actually held my license for me federally. So Wells Fargo, any bank is called uh, is what's called an insured depository. So banks, savings associations, credit unions, they will federally hold um, a mortgage officer's license for them. But it does mean that they they do have to, on the regular quarterly basis, be doing continued education, continued training. Sure. Um, so those loan officers are registered loan officers. Okay. Okay. So, but I I do want to say that Wells Fargo, um, I want to give credit where credit is due because Wells Fargo did a fabulous job of their training. They have um, on-spot training and actually I was flown down to Phoenix, went through hours and hours and hours of training with, you know, a, a large group of people. And at the end of all of that, so it was a couple of days. And at the end of all of that, we were, we were required by Wells Fargo to take a test. Yeah. If we didn't pass that test, we couldn't start originating. So, I mean, me as this like brand new, like I'm, I basically was off the street coming into mortgage, not knowing a thing about it. I was like biting my nails, like, Oh my gosh, I have to pass this test. I hate tests. I always do well, (laughs) but I hate I hate it. I hate it. It just scares the crap out of me. It's all the pressure that you put on yourself. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who can completely empathize with that. Okay. So that is um, one option of obtaining your mortgage license. Okay. So you can federally have it held over you um, through a, a depository. All other loan officers must be licensed and you can, um, you can have your licensure in all states if you wish to. Now, if you, if you have it registered with a bank, um, more oftentimes than not, that means that you can originate in all 50 states. Okay. More oftentimes than not. It just depends on um, which bank or which credit union it is that you're with. Wells Fargo, we could lend in all 50 states. Prime lending, same thing. Um, but when I was with Bank of the West, it was just the state that they actually had branches in that I could originate loans in. Okay. So now, now I am with my company Summit Mortgage and Summit Mortgage, um, is a correspondent lender. So I had to go through my licensure, which required 20 hours of pre licensure education. So there was courses that I have to take had to take beforehand. Um, And this is, I'm just going to give you a quick breakdown of what those 20 hours consisted of. So three, three hours of federal law and regulation, 
three hours of ethics, including fraud, consumer protection, and fair lending. Um, two hours of standards on non-traditional mortgage lending. And then 12 hours of ele elective topics. My goodness, can I talk <laughs> this morning? I already have a cup of coffee in me. Come on. Um, so, and then I just want to go back real quick because um, you, as, as a licensed loan officer, you have to pass not only a national component, but also a state-specific component. So for the state of Minnesota, I had to do both of those, but I am licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. Wisconsin, I, didn't, I did not have to do a state-specific um, oh, testing okay. for them. So I just filed my license with them um, and I got that right away. So I, I actually was able to start lending in Wisconsin <laughs> before I was able to start lending in Minnesota. And that was just because, um, quite frankly, I think at that point last year, I think it was last year, the state of Minnesota had gone through this huge, um, huge transition with their, the technology that they had in place. Yeah. And so everything was backlogged and there was like only one person that was doing all of the filing for the licenses. So it took a little bit longer. It kind of made me sad because I had these, I had these referrals that were coming in and I wasn't able to do the lending. So, um, yeah. So then after you complete those 20 hours of the pre-licensure education, um, then you have eight hours of, con sorry, let me go back. Let me go back real quick. After you complete those 20 hours of the pre-licensure, which includes the three hours of federal, three hours of ethics, two hours of standards, and then 12 hours of electives, then you are able to go and take your mortgage license test. Got it. So it is, let me just make it very clear to everyone who is listening that that is a very, very challenging test. About fifth, gosh, I want to say it was between 40 and 50% on the first time, do not pass. I mean, Second when you time, think about it, though, then, it's like you're dealing with a lot of people's, you know, with a lot of it's, money. So it's yep. important that yeah. it, it be challenging and mm -hmm. all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Yes, very challenging. So once you pass that test, um, you are able to, then you have to go and you have to file your license with um, your state. You do it both nationally and with your state. <clears throat> once that is completely filed then you can start originating. So that is the simple but not so simple process of becoming a licensed loan officer um, within your state. And then thereafter, you, depending on how, like Wisconsin in this case, they did not require you to have to do the state-specific testing. Um, but I know my branch manager, Betsy, which our listeners have had the opportunity to meet through our podcast, yep. Um, she's licensed down in Florida and there, it, there was a test that she, that she had to take. Um, I think that there's Arizona is one of the other States that I've been thinking about. And then same with California. Um, they do have a state mandated test that you have to take in order to be able to, um, hold your license there. And then you do have to have continued education. So all across the board, let's talk about what continued education is going to look like as a mortgage lender. Um, we as Summit Mortgage, when I first started, there was, um, there was 
continued education courses that were pumped out to me that I had to complete. But then in addition to that, I have eight hours of continuing education um, throughout the entire year. So, I mean, it's really not that challenging, um, but anytime there are updates in the law, we have it come through our lender too. So with the eight hours of continuing education, this includes three hours of federal law and regulation so that we stay on top of any of those changing um, guidelines, sorry, changing laws, two hours of ethics, because we have to be very ethical in our practice of becoming or of maintaining our mortgage license, um, two hours of standards on non-traditional mortgage lending, and then one hour of elective topics. Nice. Yeah. And I don't think I talked about continuing education on the real estate side, but we have to do, they kind of do it a little bit different. Um, We have to have 30 hours every two years. Basically Mm -hmm. you have to do 15 hours every year, but the way their cycle breaks down, it's a two year cycle. And so you have a little bit of leeway and then there's always the, the topics change, but there's always a required module that's, like four hours long, and then we can pretty much do whatever other ed- continuing education. But there's always one that's based around the practice of real estate. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's the other thing too um, that I want to be really clear on because eight hours might not seem like a lot, but it it is, especially if you're if you're pumping out loans consistently month after month. Sometimes it's very challenging to try to get, get those hours in. But we also, um, Summit does such a fabulous job of any changes that, um, that have happened with guidelines, both Fannie, Freddie, and then on the Govy side of things. They do such a good job of sending out that information to us so that we are in the know, that we're updated. Um, and I would say there's stuff that's getting sent to us on the weekly with changes especially especially lately with all of the um all the stuff with COVID-19 and the pandemic uh there's there's just been so much that has has changed um with the servicers and needing to just maintain everything so you're seeing those guidelines change and um and really tightening up their belts on what our minimum credit scores and you know for self-employment what does that look like and so yeah, yeah I know been, there was it's been good keeping up with keeping up with all of that. Yeah, been a ton of changes. So I guess the like one thing that for like clarity's sake is so when you worked at Wells Fargo, like you were only originating loans for probably Wells Fargo customers, right? Like they were already members of Wells Fargo. And so you were helping those clients that because they banked there, they either walked into a bank or they went online and filled out an application. And that was, and that is directly like Wells Fargo issued the loan. They serviced it, everything. But because Mm -hmm. now you're at a correspondent lender who then goes and sells those loans. Yep. That's the difference in the licensure of, like you're helping basically anybody. So like, I think just, so it makes sense to the people, you know, to everybody listening, like Wells Fargo has their own training program, yeah. but it's because they have 
they typically have an established relationship with the client versus Mm -hmm. like summit mortgage doesn't have a relationship with people with potential clients because they don't have any other avenue to have a relationship with them. Right. Well, kind of. So when I, when I started with Wells Fargo, I was not, I, I had my branch, right. I was, I was, my home base was the Valley Creek branch in Woodbury. However, I was not assigned to sit downstairs in the bank, in the branch. I, I, so I, I was, I personally, Kelly Tanky was, um, out self-sourcing for myself, I guess is probably the best way to put it. So you and I, Dina, when we had our first transaction together, that is a very classic case of um, somebody who was already a part of Wells Fargo, had their checking and savings with Wells Fargo. Um, Because of how Wells does it with sort of a ramp up program, they have leads that are kind of generated to you. So I had, I had, I did have that. However, I was still still on this other end of self-sourcing. So I was out um, doing chamber events and meeting with real estate agents. And so there were, I mean, Wells Fargo, any bank for that matter, really, you know, they've, they have their current clientele, right? But they still want to have new clients that are coming in, opening up checking, savings sure. accounts, and not that it's a, we're, the goal of this, this episode is not to talk about like that stuff but that's you know that's the reality of what it looks like to be a mortgage lender yeah Um, I was just wondering like or just kind of addressing the you know like Wells Fargo has their own training because they aren't they aren't necessarily selling off of those loans. So you like, you need yeah. to know Wells Fargo's system, like yes. not necessarily like what other banks are doing because it doesn't necessarily apply to you. So like if somebody's going out and wants to become a loan officer, it's, you know, I think a bank is a great place to start because you do have those options yeah. and then you can kind of learn some of the, the lingo through their training and then hopping over Absolutely. to the correspondent banker option. I Absolutely. think it's probably probably an easier way to get into the industry. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about Wells Fargo's training program when it comes to um, how I entered into the industry itself. Um, I think that it was, it was a perfect stepping stone for me to becoming a mortgage lender and learning the ins and outs. And believe it or not, there is so much, so much behind the scenes um, that we have to know and be aware of and um, in terms of like what is going to be the best route for the client in terms of loan products. So not only do you need to know the products, but you need to know the, know the guidelines and you have to be aware, more than aware of federal laws and regulations and, um, you know, to round it all out, be too to be very clear, very ethical in your practice as a mortgage lender. For sure. So it was a, it was a great stepping stone. And yes, that I would 110% agree with you that 
if somebody who is listening to this podcast right now is considering the route of becoming a mortgage lender for what, for whatever reason and motivation that is, I think that it is a very smart move to start with, you know, a, a depository with a, a bank that is because you're going to get the training and the education um, that is absolutely crucial and essential that you might not otherwise get if you started with a correspondent lender. So you'll go through the training. Let's just be very clear on that too, um, because you've got the 20 hours, but I think the, the continuing education that um, the banks provide is just, it's amazing. It yeah. really is. Totally. Yeah. So, no, it was just a general question. Like that was kind of, you know, the oh, yeah. career path of like figuring that out. So, and what kind yeah, of that yeah. means, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I, I think it's also important to, to talk about um, the ins and outs. And I'm, I'm sure you can agree with me too on, on your end with being a real estate agent. It's, there's a lot of self-sourcing that comes along with what you do. Yeah. as as a mortgage lender and as a real estate agent. So um, in some cases, you might have leads that are generated to you, but more oftentimes than not, I mean, you really have to hit the ground running and you have to, you have, to have that um, internal flame, I guess, of, and desire to want to go out and meet new people and build relationships. I can't emphasize that enough, build relationships with people because it is, we've said it so many times, a business of building relationships. You have 100%. to have partnerships and, and become a team with somebody and be able to work well with them um, and earn trust too. So a hundred percent, I agree. And I think that is behind, you know, the, the titles and the industry that we're in, like we really are just relationship builders. Like yeah. we're just, we're in the housing relationship building, you know, I think that's mm -hmm. at, at its essence, that's pretty much what we do. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that about wraps it up. I, do you have any other questions for me? Um, I don't think so. No, I think you did a good okay. job covering it. And I think that's, it was a nice, like high level, like mm -hmm. understanding the steps you need to go through. Um, yeah, I thought you did a good, great job explaining it. So. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone has um, any questions, of course, please feel free to reach out to me. I would be more than happy to go a little bit further in depth and dive a little bit further into it because um, that's what we're here for, to help answer questions. Awesome, awesome. And until next week. Bye. bye. Thanks for listening to On a Mission, where our goal is to educate and inspire. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us to help spread the message. It takes 30 seconds to rate and review, then share this episode with your friends. Let's spread the love. Until the next episode, cheers to your mission. Bye. Bye.